Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, people, Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate. And listen, this is a very special episode. Uh, it's our best of hip hop 1993. This is possibly a slightly self indulgent episode. If you've got no interest in hip hop, you might not be that interested in this episode. But uh, as we get into in the episode, I think 93 is one of the best years for music of all time. Certainly one of the best years uh, for hip hop, if not the best year. Uh, different opinions are available. Uh, we had quite a lot to talk about on here, I think. Uh, uh, obviously, I think you'll probably find what's quite apparent in this is that I'm more of an albums guy than Krista is. Album uh, Krista is uh, very much a singles guy when it comes to hip hop, but he's certainly got some real favourites in here and a lot to say as well. Um, I hope uh, this will be of interest to our hip hop head fans. Uh, if you're uh, latently interested in hip hop, uh, you might find some suggestions in here that you haven't been into. If you've got anyone that's getting interested in that kind of early 90s hip hop vibe, then you know, send them our way. Also, want to send a massive couple of thanks here, really. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a bit, we, we hit a pretty big milestone on the downloads. We did over 100,000 downloads. Um, that was something that we never dreamed that we would do when we started this podcast. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's just two dickheads chatting in their bedroom. We were always amazed when people are in anyway interested in it um so yeah thank you ever so much for you guys for joining in uh, and listening help us do what we do it's amazing really because we do no promotion on this whatsoever really also yeah spotify told us that we were in the top five most followed podcasts in the world which was fucking weird i don't see that i'm not sure how that is the case i'm sure that's just about some weird magic where loads of them have uh, only got one episode or something along those lines but thank you so much we, like, i feel like we should really give it out to all you guys that listen you are the people that make this show um and yeah we're so chuffed give a special shout out to the people that have uh, you know that have kind of uh bigged us up on their podcast as well we retweeted us uh, spread the word that way we do so much through word of mouth uh, particularly uh, give a shout out to uh Stephen hill to uh, gaz jones uh niall bakewell of the zeros podcast uh also the guys over at number one rerun everyone that's really gone out of their way to kind of spread the word for us all of the people that have given us a bump along the way and we picked up some of their listeners as well so go and check out their podcasts uh can't recommend them enough uh, and with no further ado please check out our best of hip-hop people it's Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen with my good friend Mr. Krista Greer. Hey everyone and uh, this is not a regular episode because hold up wait a minute this is the 1993 hip hop special. I wasn't sure what kind of response we were going with. <laughs> Hold up. Could've Wait fucking, a minute. Could have fucking warned you. I was going for that, really, couldn't Very I? Very possibly. Um, yeah, look, so basically this is uh, 1993. We are in the epicenter of a big wave of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, if anyone asks me, kind of, what is your classic era of hip-hop? Yeah. My stock answer is like 88 to 93. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is like towards the end of when I was 
thinking, oh, this is all, there's so much stuff coming out. I think you are slightly different on your timeline, yeah. aren't you? I mean, I say classic era. Absolutely my favourite era yeah. of hip-hop is. For me, hip-hop really found its feet properly, really bloomed. The golden era is like kind of 91, 92, 93, 94. Okay, so you're right in the middle of this bit for you. Absolutely. And you were listening to loads of stuff at this point. Uh, 93, you were looking for and exploring new hip-hop. Oh, mate, I was, I was, you know, living hip-hop, just trying to find, always trying to find the new thing, trying to, right. trying to get access to stuff that I'd heard about it wasn't easy to find we've just said this so many times on the podcast you had to really fucking work for this stuff if you wanted absolutely because I mean there was so much was just uh, because it was all from the states it was it was US based stuff coming over mm-hmm. you were kind of relegated to what you could get by what was actually released yeah. and you were relegated to what the stuff was released that was in your area uh, and your price range and your, oh yeah, because true. I mean yeah. like, you know I remember paying like you know, 18, 19 pounds for mm. CDs because they were import only and in CDs. 93 that's like 30 quid's worth yeah yeah, yeah. for sure man yeah. you know I'd balk at that now no, I'd totally. balk at that for vinyl you yeah. know but it was such an exciting time there was I mean we'll put it up on our website the, the, the list of hip hop albums mm-hmm. that kind of came out uh, there's so much and it's varied as I say we mentioned this last year you're kind of seeing the death of some of those early mm-hmm. artists that are starting to kind of fall off but you're seeing the rise of a lot of really exciting artists that are going to kind of set the template for hip-hop and what it's going to become true there's a bit of a changing of the guard at this point I suppose in the UK it's slightly different in America it's kind of I remember my friend uh, Alan went out to America and he said you know like there's two shops there's two sides of every record shop rock and hip-hop okay you know? sure hip-hop was ubiquitous in the states by uh, 1993 yeah uh, although it's still wasn't the multi-billion dollar industry it would become but we are starting to see by 93 i think uh something that we've talked about before which is pop music becoming very hip-hop based Um, we're starting to see some of that because even though a lot of the top tens that we have gone through for this last season you've gone oh my god the amount of really cheesy dance stuff is outrageous it was the height of the the shit rave era too unlimited but if there was a pop track which was even like you know new kids or a17 and this Mm -hmm. sort of stuff the hip-hop influence is really coming through with the beats sure and but it's and it's very much still on that um kind of new jack swing kind of teddy riley kind of style yeah it's catching up to what's coming through Whereas, you know, there is as well, because within hip hop as well, you've got this big divide of what's going on because you've had major artists achieve big pop success. You know, mm-hmm. you've got MC Hammer on the Absolutely. Like Adam's Family soundtrack last year and you've got, uh, you know, you've got Vanilla Rice breaking through, yep. Heavy D and the boys. Exactly, you know, uh, and you've got this kind of argument, you know, this divide between hip hop uh, purists and those that are using R&B in their songs. And mm-hmm. you've got the underground of hip hop, which is all about kind of being hard and real and yeah, true sure. to this and kind of the true mainstream breakthrough hasn't really uh certainly occurred in this country and you start to see it with you know you start to see it with stuff like and again this didn't make my list but it was very close but like 1993 by uh Naughty by nature had a couple of massive oh, singles sure. on it i mean yeah, like hip hop array man yeah. that song was everywhere in the states and it kind of became quite a big hit over here and that was a, a, an early example of a group that were, you know, kind of revered in the underground yeah, and were sure. considered part of that that kind of hip hop thing coming through and grabbing some of it. And you'd start to see that with some other artists. I'm trying not to name check well, anyone no, that we're going to mention. Uh, is there anyone else though that you would you'd want to put forward as oh, almost made the list? 
I mean, there's a f- there's certainly a few. There's, I mean, what about uh, snow? Twelve inches of snow. Twelve that inches was of out. snow. Yeah, that was um, ninety-three. I mean, I would, uh, I would, I would like to, I'd like to have that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think that was, uh, I, I think that's more of a hardcore roots reggae record. Oh, true enough. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah absolutely. KRS One's uh, Return of the Boom Bap. Ah, sure. That, yeah, that's a. I mean, that's an absolutely stunning record. You that's, have said on a few occasions how much you're into that. One. Yeah, good I, I really love it. It nearly made my list. I, was, I, I, I've there. been agonising over this list for. A oh, no, I've had to kind of go back and forth. Like, are you sure is it this one? Are you, and yeah. you're like, no, I'm, I'm between these three. Uh, and then mm-hmm. you just had to plump for one in the end. Yeah, so okay. so yeah, definitely. Return of the Boom Bap was, um, you know, yeah, one, one, of, one of yours. You know, it's got it's got sound of the police on it. What can you say? It's a stupidly big, stupidly big. Then on the other end of that kind of that down tune, you know, down tempo kind of. Uh, Cool, super super cool diggable planets right yeah I mean that diggable, yeah mate oh, mm-hmm. that fucking record man I love that record so much right I, the only reason it's not on here is because I think as a complete album it's not quite as good as some of the other stuff I've Fair got enough. here but it's high points oh my god you love it's them. so good um, yeah so yeah not 1993 I mentioned as well that yeah. could have been on, on the list again I I think there's some really good stuff on there some of it's not dated quite as well as it has and it's still Fair. probably not quite as good as it's original album but it has got this fucking brilliant like 1993 this long kind of intro build yeah no that, that is a lovely build like you it, it comes in at 1993 so, yeah fucking just tretch just on it all the way man brilliant brilliant yeah. um so but, yeah I mean, then, another couple just to run through that we obviously we put a list together of everything that we thought could be considered and you've got stuff like uh, uh brand nubians and god we trust das effects uh, straight up suicide della souls balloon mind state is in there mm-hmm. which i remember coming out and going i think i'm not in love with Della Soul anymore at this point. Yeah. There was good bits, but it's not a solid album. Um, Easy E had It's On Dr. Dre 187, I mean, Killer, which we talked about record. in one of our episodes, and it's just a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and MC Ren's Shock of the R as well. We talked about that. Um, Ice T's Home Invasion came out, yeah. uh, which you, you like some of the stuff on that as well. Oh, I had that album. I listened to mm-hmm. the living hell out of that record. Yep. Um, it's fine. It's very much yep. of its moment. Um, it's got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one on it. Yes, indeed. Um, but the thing is, when I go back to an Ice-T record, it's not going to be that one. It's not Home Invasion. Yeah. No, it's not Home Invasion. Nah. It's going to be OG, or it's going to be Power, or, sure. it, or Iceberg. Okay, but yeah, but th- those are some of the ones that we were kind of in the mix with. Yeah, and, anyway. and brand Nubian, man. Brand Nubian uh, yeah, yeah. pushed me far too far. I, I can, again, we'll talk about this a lot, but you, sometimes when you go back to these kind of old hip-hop, you have to listen to it with a certain... You have to kind of give it a little bit of... Uh, culturally, oh, it, it, it was a different time. Yeah, yeah, you have to go right. You have to go. Oh, right. No, I don't agree with that, but I quite like the beat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Some of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like brand newbie and the, the, some of the. I mean, Akinyeli uh, released Vagina Diner. Let's face it, Vagina Diner. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll admit, I've not heard that. No, but I suspect I can guess what it's like. I yeah, it's not going to be very good. Is no, it? it's going to be worse than Two Live Crew, and that's quite saying something. Well, there we go. Yeah. Um, I I mean I I haven't listened to Two Live Crew for a long time, but I do have a bit of a hot spot, a soft spot for some of it. Oh, it's, well, it, in terms of its just ridiculousness, of course, but yeah, in terms of actual good hip hop, mm, well, maybe not. Um, the other one that I was debating putting in mine because 
I remember loving the film so much was the CB4 mm. soundtrack. Nice. Just so that I could talk about Sweat From My Balls. Yeah, Sweat From My Balls. But uh, it, A, it's not a real album and B, it's not on Spotify. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, there's a couple on here that aren't on Spotify. Well, true. We're going yeah, to have to work around that at some point. Anyway, right. So we've done a top five each. There uh-huh. is a li- there's a little bit of crossover. Where there's a bit of crossover, I guess we'll talk about it when it's higher up in the list. Exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, there might be a bit of back and forth on here. But okay, um, who, who's starting? So we'll start with, start with your number five okay number five for me i'm gonna go with guru's jazzmataz record right and this is the first track i heard amazing oh right yeah yeah because so, this is like the, one of the last tracks on the album it's the last track on the album all right but uh yeah so i mean i heard this on a skate video ah right okay uh, 411 video magazine which used to be like a kind of a a monthly or semi-regular skate video that came out and on VHS. Oh, brilliant. Uh, and yeah, someone would have it. And I, I heard this on someone's part and I fucking loved this track. Really? Straight away? Yeah, straight away. So yeah. I, I mean, I, at the time, I didn't realise that, you know, this was live instrumentation and all of those things okay. that made Jazzmatazz. Jazzmatazz, it just sounded like a, like a cool, jazzy hip-hop like that for me. Yeah. And, you know, we're right in the era of that jazzy hip-hop sound you know there's a lot of people that have kind of got a bit of that in their music oh very much so um and you know i love the fact i mean obviously i also love guru guru is one of sure guru is one of my favorite mcs of all time yeah and by 93 you've heard at least a couple of gangstar albums and you're big into that yeah of course exactly um and i just love the fact that he went back got a a load of musicians together uh put together these tracks like live instrumentation like Really, really, I mean, jazz can go either way, can't it? It really can. I mean, for me, it pretty much goes one way. Okay. But but, but there's maybe like 5% of jazz. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But the rest of it is not a bit, not really me. Okay, well, that's fair enough, man. But I do do like a bit of... Yeah, you're much more into I like a bit of groovy jazz. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know... I like their magazines. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Uh, I haven't seen one in a while. 1993, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, True enough. But this is just full of really, really vibey tunes. They've got great collaborators uh i mean it's full of, for me you know so many great songs all over it right. um like la mal la bien with mc solar oh, I, mean, I do remember that that is a nice tune oh, that's great man yeah. solar sounds fucking wonderful yeah. lounging with uh, donald bird which is just a really really cool laid-back so- uh, right, song yeah. no time to play with uh, ronnie jordan and dc lee um dc lee my god yeah, yeah. okay right this one that we're listening to now has got Carleen Anderson from Young Disciples mm-hmm. and Courtney Pine, obviously yes. uh, classic jazz saxophonist. Exactly. And, you know, these are, you know, they're kind of, you know, for the most part, they're kind of street fables. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's some kind of more light-hearted stuff on here. But it, the whole thing has just got this really kind of low-key, toned down, just kind of put it on, nod your head to it, let it wash over you. It's one of my, you know, I, I put it on just to kind of relax, sit and have it in the background, perfect day for yeah. something I mean I smoked a lot of joints listening yep. to this record that's, yeah that's uh, what it's for it's a you know it's a head nodder man there, there were other albums I could have looked at with that kind of influence in this year and right. I, I had to go I had to really tone myself down and go right which one did I listen to the oh, most oh I think what? that's important because it, it's a very different 
thing if you're going, well, which one is the objectively better album or which one is most yeah. influential or anything like that. I've got a couple in here which I'm like, no, I, I just admit this is why I was listening to it and this is why I was so into it. A hundred percent, mate, a hundred percent. And that's kind of, yeah, I've, I've tried to avoid the cool choices here. This is gotcha. 100% where, where I'm at with it. I, I, every single one of these albums on here, I fucking love you're it. Right. Oh, that's brilliant. Anyway, so yeah, that's that, really. That's, that's fantastic. Okay, so uh, we are going to put a playlist together of um, one song from each of our choices. Mm-hmm. And so this is the one you're going to put into uh, into this one, Sights in the City. And I'm just looking, Carly Anderson, Courtney Pine, and you say like DC Lee, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like this. That's a lot of UK artists that Guru was working with. Absolutely. Because it was not strictly a UK album or anything like that. He was just interested in kind of the acid jazz scene mm-hmm. and that, the other stuff that was happening over here, I guess. I mean, I wonder if, if that's all from that collaboration with Brand New Brand Heavies. Heavies. I wonder, yeah, because that was the previous year, yeah. the, the Heavy Rhyme experience. Very possible. I wonder if they were introducing him to kind of the other people on the scene at that point. All right, nice one. So that's your number five. Mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. Uh, my number five is... I think you've got it at your number four. I have. Right, so that's cool. So Onyx, Back to Fuck Up. Back to Fuck Up. Back to Fuck Up. I mean, for a start, what an album title. I mean, it's brilliant. Back to Fuck Up. Um, It is cartoonish. It's very silly at points. It's over the top. It's just, you know, men shouting at each other. I've written comically aggressive. It it really is, yeah. Um, You know, pulling the most ridiculous screw face stuff at each other. But so much of it is great fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I will admit that whenever I uh, heard, the, you know, I heard the singles. I heard Slam and I heard Throw Your Guns. Yeah. And I think I said on here the first time I saw Throw Your Guns was on the Word, mm-hmm. and so it was them live, and they were just going crazy on stage because that's what they did, and it just really sparked something. I was like, that looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's not clever, not one bit, but. It was, you know, shouting and swearing and big dumb beats, and I was fine with that. This is exactly it, man. This is, you know, this is. I mean, you couldn't have a more antithetical record to Jasmine Taz in so many Very ways. Very true. Yeah. Both New York records, of course. Um, but yeah, Onyx. I, I became aware of Onyx. I can't remember. I, I sort of heard or saw Slam somewhere. Sure. And it was I, a big tune. Yeah. And I was just like, right, fucking went out and bought the tape. Had back to fuck up on tape. And yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it would be kind of ridiculous I mean it is ridiculous it is totally ridiculous but it it would be risible if it wasn't so well orchestrated right sure because you know you got you got big kind of beats across here all the way through yeah and you you got just there's so many big tracks man and Sticky Fingers is one of the best MCs of his oh, era. He's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. But they do this kind of syncopated kind of all in together, where it's all you know, everything's uh, it's like it's like kind of hip hop barbershop. Oh, okay, uh huh. But like nice, but you know, very very aggressive. I mean, obviously, it's not a perfect record. It's got as as dogged so many records of this era. Uh, it's got way too many skits on it. I, I've, I've said that about a couple other ones on yeah. here as well. It just seemed like that was the de rigueur that you yeah. had to have bits in between your songs. But, you know, I mean... No le- need. Let's look at this, man. you got, you know, Throw Your Guns, what a tune that Brilliant. is. Brilliant. Attack of the Bald Heads. Yeah. Right, let, let's let's take a minute to appreciate Black Vagina Finder. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, me and Jack, the Black Vagina Finder. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, it's, uh, it's it's a great one for charades at Christmas with the family. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a song, three words. There was there are so many just like kind of little uh, just little moments of lyrics that kind of uh, stick in my head for this. Like you know, um, uh-huh. 
What's going on with the world? Yesterday I seen a bald head girl. What? No. I heard what he said. I wouldn't be caught dead without a bald head. <laughs> what false movement I'm a fill you with it. Cause I got enough dumb dumb bullets for your whole bum bum fresh crew. Who should I do? Sorry, I can just go off and... Nice. I, I wish you could see there because he was doing the actions as well. He was holding a gun when he needed yeah, to. Yeah. And, yeah. Mate, I fucking love Brilliant this stuff. Like the, the, just there are moments in this album where I just... I, just yeah I, I can lose myself in this man it's great it's not a perfect record but it's no. pretty fucking good that's what i've said you know it, it, whenever i uh, heard those singles and bought the album mm-hmm. i thought that the album has got some great bits on it and it's got a couple of duffers and you're like fine that's all right that's not a problem that's what happens with albums um which is you know again why is it mm-hmm. my number f- uh, five your number four yeah but when it's good it's a lot of fun i don't know if i'd if i'd call anything a duffer um, oh really? Okay. I don't think there's any duffers on it. Um, yeah. th- there's a little bit of maybe stuff that's not quite as good as uh, the other. F- I mean, fat and all of that, I'll probably live without. Right, um, sure. I'm looking at the album track in front of me now because you've got the vinyl. And there you've got the, the record. And I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, song titles that we cannot say on here. I mean, yeah, not not in this era. No. Um, uh, but yeah, no, brilliant record. Okay, uh, so uh, the song that we were just playing is "Stick and Move," yeah. which is your choice to go Stick onto the playlist. It's a little ode to, towards us uh, to mugging. Oh, lovely. Yeah. But it's also sampled by uh, Notorious B.I.G. Oh, right. Okay. On Ready to Die. That, uh, yeah. Hand over the money. Yeah. Okay. Give me the money. Give, the money. Give me the loot. Give me the loot. Hand oh. over the money. That's the sample. Very nice. Uh, well, because I have chosen it as well, I'm going to put another song on. So I'm going to go with Throw Your Guns because it was the first one I heard and I was like, that's why I want to hear more of these guys. Yeah, oh, maybe not the first. I think the first would probably slam like yourself, but it's it's overplayed at these, these times. So it's like, fucking Throw Your Guns. I love it. Wicked. Right. Okay. So that was... Uh, my number five, your number four. Mm-hmm. Well, my number four uh, is another one that you have in your list, and you've got it higher, so we'll we'll leave that until it comes uh, up at, at that point, and so we'll go into your number three. Uh, this is Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. All right, so yeah, Doggy Style, tell me why you were such a big fan of this, man. Well, you know, I mean, I, I'd, I'd already loved, uh, I'd already loved The Chronic coming right. through I'd really liked Snoop's bits on that yeah. I was waiting for the record to come out and you know what this album just takes the the G-Funk sound uh, that was you know kind of we st- saw starting in uh, you know well, in FL, FL4 in, yeah, yeah, indeed. I'm not going to say that the right way yep. uh, went into the chronic I mean we, you know there's other, you know, the Mac, WC and the Mad Circle are doing it as well oh, other yeah, people yeah, yeah, are doing yeah. it but this is Dre's kind of signature sound really and Snoop obviously just started off as a larger than life character and he built this kind of cartoon cartoon world around his album. Sure, yeah. Obviously the, the the cover is a cartoon. At the time I thought, oh fucking It does look a bit cheap and Yeah, it does. And it, that, yeah. but the more I think about it, it it kind of almost needed to be that because it yeah. is such a cartoon world that he creates. I mean okay. the way this around for me this is one of the ultimate summer albums. When the sun comes out, I'm going to be listening to this record. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, just the way it starts off, you know, you have this kind of bathtub skit, which is, you know, de rigueur, as we said, uh-huh. into the G-Funk intro. Interestingly, the first person you really hear on this record is Lady of Rage. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Pretty much, he's, you know, in the same way that Dre pretty much introduced Snoop to the world on on The Chronic, yeah. he does the same thing with Lady of Rage here. Okay. Um, you know, probably, you know, Lady of Rage is someone who's probably not gone on to be as storied 
in hip hop history as they probably imagined she might be at this point. No, true. But you know, she had some moments there. But then, so you got that track. Then you go into Gin and Juice again. Way, way, way too many skits on this. Fucking so many skits. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, the Shiznit, Luddy Duddy, like the cover. Like, I mean, first time I think I'd ever heard a hip hop artist do a cover. Yeah, which but, it, nobody does that really. No. no. This track that's playing now, Murder was the case. Yeah. Serial Killer, which is like the Posse Jam, which has got the, the, the amazing RBX verse in it, man. The deep. Do you like the minds of Minolta? Oh, yeah, fucking great. G's and Hustlers. Just these big, enormous, massive, funkified chunks of funk, man. Yeah. Again, you know, we're in the gangster era. There's lots of very, very, very misogynistic lyrics in this record. Yes. Like, like ridiculously yes. so. You kind of, like, to the point, it is an album that you kind of have to go, like, ah, oh, fucking hell. I'm, I'm not, not going to be listening to this in the summer with my daughter in the car. No, absolutely not. Do you know what I mean? No. Not until she's six. <laughs> And she understands the words a bit more. Exactly. Oh, right. Yeah. But look, Snoop came out of the door and he's got fucking swagger for days. And on this record, far beyond anything else that he's done, his rhymes are just tight, man. I see. Right. You see him, he's coming out as a, as a battler. His rhymes are just kind of so crisp. His words, wordcraft is so on point. And he's, no one else sounded like him, you know. Um, but he's, if nothing else, not, even if you're not looking at the way he's writing and the words he's writing, just his voice is mm-hmm. one of the most distinct voices in hip hop. Absolutely, you know, there's a lot of people. You know, you know, there's probably two members of Onyx I couldn't pick out, but if you ha- have Snoop on any track, I like. Yeah, I can hear Snoop. Yeah, Straight I mean, of course you can. You know, I mean, Snoop's cultural icon at this point. You know, yeah. Let's not forget this guy's a fucking player, man. He was up in you know, murder. With the, murder was the case. Was about him being tried potentially for a murder. Yeah, yeah. You know, he still flies his crip colours. This guy has been involved in some shit, you know? Yep. But yeah, man, I, I, I love this record. I know, I, I know you're not an enormous uh, fan of this kind of era of Death Row. No, no, not at all. Um, my issue is with the kind of the lazy sound of G-Funk. And while I think there are good proponents of the style, and there's some songs that it really works on, I cannot do like a whole album of that. I don't even think the Chronic stands up as a full album for me because it's too, too laid back. I was still looking for punchy beats. I see, but I th- I think those records pop like fuck. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't think they are too laid back. Uh, uh, that's you know that's me. And well, sure. you, I, I suspect we're going to disagree about some more stuff. Oh, but, totally. um, but you know that's the way that makes the world go round. Um, I mean, in '93 as well, whenever you got this. Uh, record were any of your other friends listening to snoop no not really i mean i got a few people into snoop people kind of peripherally liked it from hearing it in my car and bits and pieces like that but there was a contingent of people this wasn't an underground record in the uk you know there there was a contingent of people that knew who snoop was and it started it was kind of almost like the thing that kind of led towards like 50 cent and all that oh definitely trajectory trajectory started there really you know it's certainly for me this is a lightning in a bottle record i I couldn't tell you another snoop dog album that i'm interested in sure no Uh, that's that's very true after this point snoop's snoop becomes a single artist for me yeah. the features artist yeah and I do remember like the early 2000s he was just putting out albums every other year yeah. all of which were the full running time of a CD mm-hmm. for no reason but yeah like two big singles and nothing else really mm-hmm. ever give a shit about well that happened with a lot of that gonna happen with no, a lot of rappers you know did. Yeah. again that's kind of why I think this era is so special because we've picked out 10 records mm-hmm. across a year you know records where you can kind of dig into to most parts of the album whatever perspective you got you know and yeah. there's just a quality control that 
disappeared to a certain degree what followed was people went oh no what people like about this is the guns and the bit and you just got this entire wave of sub well sure and i suppose that also comes along with the fact that uh because it's it went so mainstream and took over the mainstream that record labels were going all right this is what the public wants is it let's give them 20 albums yeah exactly man i mean every week and that's the thing you know that's within two years of this record coming out you could there were there were 50 terrible g-funk records no, so yeah, they're just like oh, sure. right, okay so it's it's just someone like with a substandard beat talking about bitches and guns not got a particularly got a, interesting yeah, flow a not parliament sample. yeah exactly yeah. you know fucking you know what gangster rap turned into became very 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 uninteresting very very quickly yeah fair but enough these early records where there was stuff in there. I, I just think, you know, they were, they were so groundbreaking and they were so interesting. You know, some, something's got to be good to have that amount of fucking copious after it. I mean, mm. for every Nirvana, there's a Catherine wheel. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it has to be. That's the way that the music industry works. Sure, or yeah. did anyway. Uh, okay, so that's your number three. Yep. My number three is one that I'm pretty sure you uh, contemplated having in yours as well. It is A Tribe Called Quest with Midnight Marauders. I certainly did contemplate this. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, I knew it would be, at least, you know, in your top ten. I listened to this album three times last night. Did you? Yeah, go. Is it this one? Is it after, after I just sent the message and confirmed? Yeah. And I, I, sat and I listened to it three times in a row. I, everyone went to bed a bit early last night, uh-huh. and I sat there between uh, 11 and half one, and I listened to it three times. Oh, lovely. Wow. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, well, this is uh, it's, it's the band's third album, and... I've said already that I dismissed the first one. Um, I don't think I still don't think it's that great. Um, the people's instinctive rhythms, etc. Yeah. I don't think it's brilliant. Um, but then I went out, out to uh, America in 1993, mm-hmm. and uh, I stayed with my dad who lived out there, and his housemate was a music journalist and just had walls and walls of CDs. And this yeah. was I'd never seen so much music. You know, it was one of those ones that just blew my mind. It's interesting you're saying that in this in, room. The, in a room with three thousand records. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the ones that he said, oh, check this out, um, was the previous Tribe Called Quest album. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm not really a fan. And he went, no, trust me on this. So, I, you know, the low-end theory. Yeah. And he, I listened to that, and it was fucking wicked. Loved it. You know, it was one of the ones. I just bought blank cassettes while I was out there and taped so much shit in front of back. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and so that was the summer of 93. This came out in November. And I don't remember even reading about it really over here it was no. it was there uh, it was in the shops but I it was one of the ones that I didn't have enough money just to take a punt yeah um, and so I don't think I heard it until probably the following summer okay um, but then when I did hear it I was like oh this is lovely as well uh, and again I think this is I, pref- I prefer Lewin Theory I reckon but this has so many high points for me it's got some brilliant standout bits and Q-Tip Again, we're talking about distinctive voices in hip-hop. You can tell Q-Tip a mile away on oh, anything. Mate. And he is so good on this record. Mm-hmm. Fife is as well, obviously. Fife is fucking brilliant. But uh, it's just such a classic um, piece of work from the both of them. I think it's yeah, yeah. Work. I mean, this, this could have easily been in my list, as I say. Uh, I mean, I, I love Tribal Quest. The reason this isn't in my list is because I didn't have this album at the, t- at the time. Right, sure. It took me... Again, one of those things, not enough money, not enough time, didn't know someone that had it, yeah. so I didn't have this record. Um, and so I had Low End Theory, which I played to death. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, some, I mean, there are, there are tracks on this album that are, like, up there with my favourite Tribe songs. You is know, that right, yeah. Award tour, man. Fucking uh, it, This is the, what playing underneath this is just 
hip hop perfection for me. It's just fucking wonderful. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's a great, great record, and it still stands out. But what I will say, though, is it's very, very jazzy, Krista. It certainly is, and that's why it's it's not higher up in mine. Because when it when it's good, I think this is a great song. Um, Electric Relaxation, or a really nice one. But at times, it does go a bit too jazzy, and it doesn't have enough punch for me. I would prefer it if there were more songs that had more of a kind of a funk sample mm-hmm. beat rather than the jazz side of things. But then it would be a very different record, and that's you know, fine. Um the production on this is gorgeous, though. You know, the the, the beat making is really sub- yeah. sublime. Um, I would absolutely like it if it pumped it up a little bit more and gave me a bit more kind of heat. But that's not what it's about. And so for me, when it does uh, hit well, it hits really well. Um, but coming back to something that you, you said and we've said uh, is... The fucking the bits in between the skits on this, where it is the woman's robotic yeah. voice going, and uh, a tribe called Quest. And yeah, it's electric. fucking annoying. It's like, come on, man! There's thirty seconds to the end of this fucking yeah, thing. It's annoying. Yeah, get it's on really with the songs. I'm kind of glad that skits have disappeared a little Same bit. Same as yeah, it yeah. was a. It was, I, I mean, I remember quite liking them at the time as well. That's the thing. Oh, mate, that Goats album, mm-hmm. uh, where it's got the, the fairground skits in between, mm-hmm. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was so well done, well funny. I fucking, when that Fuji's album came out, when the score came out, I thought those bits were funny as well. Yeah, I but mean. No, they really aren't. I mean, I've run comedy nights and people call their comedy night something that's like some kind of pun or something like that. And it's like, sure. yeah, that, that's got to be funny for as long as this night lasts. Right, yeah. And it fucking won't no. be. Anyway, um, right, okay, so. so yeah, number three um let's go on to my number two after that um because it's just a complete flip side okay of um of what i was into because like like i say this one to be honest the the tribe album like i said i didn't get into it until after the fact mm-hmm. and i i think it's a, a a very good album but i don't think it's like 100 percent. sure one that i was into uh, you know I, I got day one sort of thing is gunshots Patriot Games. Mm. And this yeah. was so up my street. This is the sort of thing that I really wanted to hear. Um, at the time, uh, but the thing is, Gunshot, you know, we're for, like their first single came out in 1990. Yeah. I hadn't heard it at all. Um, it wasn't until like 1992, I was doing a small radio show back in Belfast with a couple of school friends, mm-hmm. one of whom is now a senior music a journalist for the BBC. Nice. Um, and we, I would just be going around my local record shop, Heroes and Villains in Belfast, looking for new stuff that we could play on the radio show. Mm-hmm. And I took a punt on this one, Gunshot. Maybe a guy in this record shop recommended it to me, or maybe I'd read something about them. And I went, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to try this. And so this is 92, and I got their in, uh, Interception Squad 12. Straight away, I was like, this is incredible. This is absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, and then uh, Killing Season came out, bought that. And then, so the first, those two big singles, I was really, really into. And the album then was announced, and I bought it week of release because I was like, this is going to be stunning. And I'll be honest, at the beginning, I was a little disappointed because neither of those singles were on right. it. And I was like, ah, shit, but what? This is all stuff I haven't heard. It wasn't the familiarity that I was comfortable. Um, but after a few listens, some, some of the tracks just absolutely yeah. bang out. And, you know, having known some some things like, you know, some Blade stuff from about 1990, some 
uh, a little bit that, that one hijack track that was going round um, the Silver Bullets 20 Seconds to Comply I was like I knew some UK hip hop but this was the first album I'd ever heard sure. and it was it worked so well as a, as a whole thing it's like just these two kids fucking running the whole way through mm-hmm. and the production behind it was killer. It was like the the bomb squad thing that I really wanted to hear. Once the bombs got stopped doing it, and this is the thing is like you. I mean, I, I was completely unaware of gunshot in nineteen ninety three. Mm. It would probably be ninety four. I heard mind of a razor. Absolutely, yeah. But, which is a single on this album, but then yeah. it was the remix came out with uh, Barney from Napalm Death all yeah. over it. Fucking it's brilliant, mate! It's fucking brilliant. When I when I heard Mind of a Razor, it blew my fucking oh, mind. Around. So good. Because the interesting thing is, UK hip hop took a long time to find its feet. And yeah. it, it was a, it was a, a, a like a poor relation for a long time. And you know there were various eras. Check out this bit where it comes into here. Little bit of Jesus Christ superstar. Nice. Yeah. Ah, so nice. Sorry, I interrupted. Go, no, go. no, no, no. Sorry, UK, like, hip-hop. UK hip-hop, it, it, you know, there the were various eras of UK hip-hop. You know, you had the f- kind of first initial thing where everyone was doing American accents. Oh, Money Love. Yeah. Derek B. Derek B. Come on. Yeah, no, yep, brilliant. Was all of that kind of stuff coming through. Um, but then, you know, you started to kind of get uh, gunshot, hard noise. Oh, absolutely hard noise, yes. All of those kind totally. of... There was a more authentic sound, but it never quite found an audience because hip-hop wasn't big enough in the UK yet. I don't no, think. no. It, this was very underground. This was niche as shit. And you know, and then you know, when you got into the like late late nineties, two thousands, you know, you had that whole kind of um, Mark being Blade and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you know, all Skinny the Man, your skit, Skinny Jace, Man, Rodney P, all of those. And you know, I always thought those that there were some really, really great artists and great tracks in there. Sometimes the production, the production was a little bit. Yeah. lacking yeah. Um, but I, I felt that those guys didn't really get their due necessarily but you know and then kind of grime kind of has kind of wiped out the memory of them a little bit I, I think. suppose yeah no it, it, that went so stratospheric yeah. so quickly yeah yeah that's very true but um, yeah so I've got very little to say about this Gunshot album I think I've, I've, I've heard it but I, it, oh, but I kind of missed the window with it a little bit but uh, yeah uh, I very much like I very much like that sound very oh, no, hard it, as fuck it, it is, that's the thing it's hard as fuck and the, the stuff you talked about like Hard Noise and Hijack it's all that sort of thing it's a real Britcore hip hop mm-hmm. it's a bit one note if you want to think of it that what way but I fucking love that note that hits every every little uh, branch on the tree for me I'm glad that um, we've got something uh, British in here yeah indeed um, I it's a shame. This is the one that, for me, isn't on Spotify. Uh, yeah, that is they've original. had so many weird label shenanigans going on, it seems. Um, that Back in this point, they were on Vinyl Solution, uh, and then they left Vinyl Solution after this album. Vinyl Solution? That's a fucking problematic title. <laughs> no, yeah, quite. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, they, they went on to Words of Warning later in the 90s, and they put out a couple of pretty lacklustre albums at that point. Well, you know, it comes to us all. Indeed. But out of interest as well, we yes. didn't mention it at the time, but Snoop uh, Doggy Style's not on Spotify either. Yeah. Weird. But, but that's like, a choice. Is it? Yeah, Chronic's uh, not in there either. Yeah, no, Chronic saw that. I think he wants it to be an NFT. Oh, he gives a fuck, man. He smokes months, a lot of weed. That's true enough. Right. Okay, so yeah, uh, basically, I can't put a song onto the playlist, but if I could, it would be that song that I just played, which is the title track, Patriot Games. Yeah. And so, yeah. I'm going to try and I'm gonna try and find it and listen to it, I think. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, YouTube's got, like, the whole album on, mm-hmm. on one uh, video. It's, it's fantastic. Okay, so my your number four album that we missed earlier is my number two. Some of you may be surprised that this isn't 
the number one album. Uh, I guess if you had taken best uh-huh. ahead of time, you'd guess at least one of us would have it. But no, number two is Enter the Wu-Tang. Right. Yeah, now look, right. I am well aware that if we're talking about important albums in hip-hop, yeah. this one wins the argument. I don't, I don't, I don't think yeah, there's sure. a lot of argument that says there's a more important album that comes out in hip-hop in 1992. Oh, no, this, yeah, right? that's, that's absolutely fair. And this could have been my number one. It should, In many ways, it should have been. I've, I've okay. gone back and forth. I, I kind of thought about doing a joint number one thing, but I went, no, fuck it. I've, it's, I, I've done that before, and it f- just feels lame. Yeah, yeah fucking, you got to commit. One way yeah, or the other. Fucking yeah. pick a lane, right? Right. Look. This whole package is fucking insane. As soon as I saw this record, yeah. man, looking at it now, just the fucking the face masks in the hoodies. As soon as I saw this in a record shop, uh-huh. I was like, I don't know what this is because I hadn't heard it. Yeah, I have to fucking have this. Oh, really? So I you went blind into this? I had to fucking have it. I was like, what's what's this? It looks fucking great. Oh, right. right? Okay. And I got it, and then I started to read a few bits and pieces as well. And look, man, this is this this record to me. To bring this many insane MCs that are so good mm-hmm. with such different styles together in one place, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. With, um, like, and their beats didn't sound like anyone else. You've got all these kind of clicks. You've got all these old records. You've got these sword swipes. It feels like, it feels like it's world building. It's so different to uh, everything else that was that was happening at the time. Like I say, so, you know, you've got your, you've got your MC. You choose your MC, you know, like the mm-hmm. Spice Girls, but for hip-hop. Oh, lovely, yep. Uh... And, you know, I, I was looking at this going through, man, and, and it's like, when you go to the first track of this album, Bring the Ruckus, yeah. so many classic lines, literally classic verses, you know, it's just the way it starts off. The first line of that thing was like, that ghost face catch a blast at a hype verse, my Glock burst leaving a hearse, I did worse, but, you know, uh-huh. it's fucking fantastic, right? And you go, right, any, like, any hip-hop song should, that has one verse like that or one set of lines like and you go through it and it's like, Every one of these verses is killer. Every one of them is fucking iconic. Like the wordplay and the imagery that these guys all bought and mm. then all trying to outdo each other. And you hear that first track and you go, that's amazing. Then you look at it again, you go, hang on a minute. ODB and Method Man weren't even fucking on that track. Yeah. Oh, so sure. you haven't yeah. heard all of them at that yeah. point, right? And then you go into, do you know what I mean? You, I mean, I could do a whole podcast about the lyrics of Bring the Ruckus. Oh, okay. Like, right. I genuinely could. I think Bring the Ruckus, the lyrics in Bring the Ruckus are fucking amazing. Like, if you, do you see, did you watch that, uh, not very good, but it was a Luke Cage Marvel Netflix show. Yes. And it was just one where he, it was, it was soundtrack to Bring the Ruckus and he just was going through beating the shit out of people in a warehouse. I mean, I have seen that. I can't remember that scene. Specific, or that tune specifically. Anyway, but, and then you get into, you know, you get into shame and, you know, you hear old dirty bastard for the first time. Yeah. You hear that Method Man flow, which, you know, because Method Man hasn't really varied it up over the years, you're kind of so used to it. But the first time I heard Method Man, I was like, who the fuck is this guy, okay, man? Yeah. That's a fucking unstoppable flow. Right. You know, then they yeah. switch up the beat and fucking Raekwon comes back in. But look, this, I don't know, this, this whole record is full of banger after banger after banger. Just hip hop classics, left, right and centre classic wordplay classic production everything about this record is pretty much unassailable it would go on to just inspire so many good things like those first four or five Wu-Tang solo albums were all fantastic it was just like franchise building and Mm -hmm. network building and you know inevitably 
you kind of got a massive law of diminishing returns on it and eventually stuff started to kind of wake up. But this, yeah. is it just distilled? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you God's got some fucking good bits as well in places, but this verse where the, the quality is so high and they're obviously just all so busy battling each other and trying to outdo each other before they got kind of more interested in I guess the, the other things that surrounded it and it was just sure. about the fucking verses man. well obviously because this is the first one it's the first time we ever heard them at this point they, they were still kids again mm. you know they were still just young guys f- jumping around up on the scene uh, but apart from the genius who's a bit older Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, he'd already had a one guy around. Oh, he had it. He'd been out on Tommy Boy. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, He's Riz's cousin. Right. But Riz is the one, really, I think, that is the focal point on this, obviously, because he's he's producing. Mm -hmm. There's a couple other production credits, but realistically, you know, he's just written a production credit to be nice to someone else. Sure. It's all his stuff. Um, And it was, it was a complete... It's sort of a different sound to anything else that I was listening to at the yeah. time and anything else I really heard at the time. Um, I have said before, I, I think this is a very good album. I don't think it's brilliant because sometimes for me, the beats are a little bit kind of tinny. There's not enough bass going on. There's not enough, just a boom bap thing, which I was really into. And that's sure. what I was after. But when it's when, when it's good, you know, Bring the Rockets is great. Um, I love Method Man. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, song, the song Method Man is fantastic. Um, sometimes, and it, because there's, again more when there's more of like the soul samples which are softer they're crisped up a bit but they're not as just oh i like the swagger of this funk that and that's what i would preferred um and also because i've said many times that uh the mc thing i I don't listen to lyrics first i listen to beats first Mm -hmm. and you are very often the other way around oh very much and so the the clever lyricism and the the going in and out of each other's flows is something you you would pick up on more for me i was like this is really good um, I went into it having read loads of hype about it and then going, oh, this is okay. You know, I, it came down for me. I, I, I didn't go into it blind. I went into it with high hopes. See, I found this on my own. Right. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I was I, reading whatever Melody Maker said about it. I was like, fucking hell, this must be stunning. And so you uh, talk about lyrics, and this is this is the thing. Th- these are records I would rewind back just to be like, what the fuck did he say? Because yeah. there's no internet. I couldn't fucking dig up the no, lyrics. No, no. So it wasn't written down anywhere. I was like, okay, what's it? What's, then I'm having to find out what the, you know, the whole Shaolin uh you know all yeah. of the, you know, kind of all of the uh, that kung fu film. Uh, yeah, all of the, the kind of the references. You have to kind of. I had to do a bit of research. I had to kind of learn a little bit about right. what it was all about. You know, and it feels you, you say it feels altered. This record, doesn't it? Oh, it feels, very much. You can de- definitely feel like Riz are all over it. He's gone like this is what I want this shit to sound like. This is how it's going to be. Yeah, fucking brilliant, man. A, a, a brilliant record. And as I'm talking about it, I can't believe it's not my number one, but it isn't. But it, okay. And a song that you wanted to put in was the one we just played, which is Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah. Uh, that that is a, a classic Wu Tang. That is you know yeah. peak Wu Tang. I'll go with Method Man. Uh, I'll put that cool. one in for me as well. A couple of those in there. Um, I'm putting that in probably mainly because I really enjoy the Prodigy remix that came out the following year, mm-hmm. I think it was. Um, Liam Howlett yeah. remixed that, and I think it's fucking blinding. Okay, so that was my number two. Yeah. What's your number one? Right, my that? number one, and this is, and I will admit, pure white boy hip-hop fair coming uh, through here, but... I don't think that's fair. i tell you what, man. My Come most on. listened to hip-hop album from 93... It was. It was Black Sunday by Cypress Hill. Oh, I listened to this album a lot. Couldn't stop. I oh. fucking loved it. Oh, I love this record as well, man. It's yeah. uh, And I am kind of feel like I'm damning it with fake praise by it not being in my 
top five. Uh-huh. I kind of knew it'd be in yours. Right. And as I've said before, the album, I, I, this album is only, it's faded in my memory only because I like the first album sure. so much. And they are a little bit interchangeable. Oh, very much so. They're very much so. But uh, I'm pretty sure that, uh, but I'm absolutely sure that this was the first one I heard. Because oh, I, me I, too. So it was Black Sunday, and I played it, played it, played it, played it, played it. Then found a copy of Cypress Hill, mm-hmm. and was like, "Oh, this is also fucking amazing." Yeah. But this was the doorway for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, the doorway was insane in the brain. You know, that was the first one I heard. Oh, I, same I, as I went, that, man. Jesus Christ, what is this? Loved it. Uh, so straight away got that. Got, got the next. Whatever, I think the next single was um, when the shit goes down. Whatever. And then Black Sunday comes out. I'm all over that motherfucker, and. Honestly, it, it just it didn't leave my record player for a long time. This I did, man. I did, I was such a big Cypress Hill fan. Yeah, you know, like one through four, I loved it. Right. Yeah. Even you know, even like when they started doing the rock superstar stuff, I was no, kind that's, of that's semi right. yeah. there for that's it. All right, you know? that. Um, yeah. I mean, this record's brilliant. It I is. Mean, it's, it's you know, it's it, got it, everything on it for me. Yeah. Production wise, I mean, just listen to this. The 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 beats under this. That that really low slung boom 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 boom. That's gorgeous. The weird uh, kind of screechy samples and the two uh, MCs. The interplay between them. The vocals brilliant. I mean, they're not saying anything particularly brilliant. You know, it's not. They're not overly clever and they're not telling stories like the Wu do. But they are. Well, I mean, they are telling stories. They're, you know, again, they you know they're st- they're street fables. You know, they're they're songs about kind of getting about street life told them from certain perspective. Yeah. You know, they were the first people that I you know that were really. I mean, obviously the, the chronic and stuff as well, but they were really leaning into the weed culture oh, stuff. Wow, well, hits from the bong. Yeah, and yeah, you know they kind of had that LA kind of like kind of cholo fucking street culture thing. That, yeah. You know, all of the imagery, the Mr. Cartoon stuff. That you know, I've like, I loved all of that stuff. I was like, this is. Mm. Again, this is one of those things like gateway into a world. Like mm. when I saw, you know, Dre's video and he had like the lowriders in it, and then you're like, okay, right. So there's this whole other thing, and you just become immersed in it and yeah. interested in it. Um, yeah. And yeah, man, I, you know, I, I really, really, really love this record. This was, this was a, this was a real eye opener of a record. But it's, it's, it's one of those things. That it's, it, it, it's, it was such a gateway record to a lot of other things. I've kind of almost. I don't really go back to it oh, no, anymore. I, I get that. I mean, uh, there's so many records that I just completely overplayed and killed at the time that I find it hard to go back mm. to. This isn't one of them. Although, even though I don't go back to it that much, I'm listening to this now and I'm mm. I'm so in love with it yeah. still. And whenever, whenever I was listening through to like what my choices are going to be, trying to pick it out, I was like, yeah, still love this. Yeah, I yeah. mean, this 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 would this was definitely. I mean, I mentioned it. It was, de- it was definitely in the fucking in the play for. For my list, but oh, yeah. I, I can't. To be honest with you, because I knew it would be in yours, and I knew, I knew we'd talk about it. Sure, it took it's a safe little there. bit of backseat on it. Yeah. I also the one other thing I do love about this is even though it's you know again Cypress Hill have a trick and they do it well, um, but there is enough variation on this album that I think it's a really interesting album uh, sonically because you've got stuff like Little Shot, which mm-hmm. is, is kind of that dark. It's got your hits from the bong with with the. Um, the Dusty Springfield sample. Mm-hmm. It's just that this chilled out, laid back, 
smokers vibe mm-hmm. uh, you got when the shit goes down inside of the brain these big party anthems yeah. there's it goes up and down enough for me um you know a hand on the glock with a la 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 yeah which is a bit kind of just weird hand uh, on the glock sounds like it should be on the first record it does yeah absolutely uh, they are entertaining but if there's a lot of the, the songs for cypress hill if you played me an album track and went one or two i would struggle on some of them but like yeah no I you're 100 right yeah but but um this I, one sounds the, a little bit cleaner i'd say oh they, they they definitely they've got more money for the production yeah yeah that's what but mugs on this is so good on the production and he is another person who inspired a lot of people from then on i i love mugs man mm. um, you know that mugs doing mugs thing is you know wonderful like those two like those those soul assassins compilations that they put oh, out oh yeah there was some fucking yeah. great shit on those man i don't know if you guys could still find those. there was a track out with exhibit on it oh my god on the second one right so good anyway um <laughs> all right so that's my number one that is my my either favorite or most played album from 1993 that's where i've put that is it's a mixture of the two okay it, like we've said it's not the best or most important album of that year but for me it was fair enough man it's a it's a very very good album i've got nothing bad to say about Wicked. that record i love it Wicked. dearly um right so now my, my my number one album yes i'm just gonna i'm gonna caveat it before i say what it is i'm yes. gonna say right we've, we've gone through some of the things that i like about hip-hop so far take my number five album jazzmatazz yeah i kind of like the jazzy beats i like that kind of uh that, that kind of smoothed out mm-hmm. sound we go um onyx i like that kind of uh mcs kind of going into each other into play with mcs that kind of uh, mm-hmm. type tightly crafted wordplay we're going to um snoop dogg that west coast laconic kind of sound with the kind of the heavy bass right yep uh, and we talk about wu-tang which is again about uh like just interplay between distinct voices uh and just kind of coming together with you know fantastic lyricism yeah absolutely. and for me this record combines all of those things i can yell vagina don't know, absolutely yeah. i can yell vagina don't know. this is mc hammer <laughs> Um, please, Adam hammer, please hammer I, I can't pay my mortgage please, please come back everyone please I'm sorry um, now this is uh, this is Souls of Mischief 93 till infinity so instantly we do have a kind of a, a laid back yeah going man on. and this is the thing man like everyone knows 93 to infinity the the single yes okay, okay. Oh, yeah absolutely. that's kind of gone into that's, the that's a classic you know but it, i feel like the rest of this has been forgotten and this whole album is pretty much as strong as that it's uh it's it falls into the absolute sweet spot of what i love in hip-hop lyricism mm. it's kind of it's not that conscious rap which is just pious and preachy yeah sure but it's again it's those kind of tales of everyday life told from a perspective of being around the kind of the danger and being around the kind of the gang shit but not being a part of it and not really wanting to be a part of okay, that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but more than anything, we are in, a, in an era of lyricists uh, and people that take the craft incredibly seriously, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, Souls Mischief were name-checked in by Eminem when he did his uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, special. right. Okay. I don't know if you saw that. He, did it. He, li- he literally went A to C. He, it was a great thing that he did. He went went through everyone that influenced him from this kind of golden era, like Lovely. the late 80s, early 90s. But these are all MCs that are not prepared to be outdone by anyone. Uh, there are so many clever little bits of lyrics here and there. And it's a, a kind of... I, I went. I was, t- I was trying to pick them out, and I got to like the second song, and I was just like, "There's just too much I stuff see. here." It's all to, to, to write down, you know. Right. Uh, you know, 
and I, I feel like you know the far, far side are fairly beloved by the kind of the indie alternative crowd a little bit yeah definitely uh, and it's because they, they were kind of playful but as much as I love the far side Songs of Mischief comparable and always superior right. in terms of what they could bring you know the, uh, I mean they had it was a great beats but it was always the lyrical interplay they had you know they'd have uh, obviously Del the Home uh, Funky Homo Sapien as part of their bigger the, the extended the, the crew. hieroglyphics yeah, sure. so you saw him on a couple of these things but you know so you know you got, I, I, I could have picked so many different tracks on here like like but I've just written down this lyric here from uh, uh, Live and Let Live yes right? Uh, the lyric starts off and he goes now playful pulpit pussies junk with uh, junking with the pistol seated because I'm dreaded let's get ready to pull a fistful yeah. it's just like it, it's so fucking clever and it's just it, the, the word in it is just so fun right and it's just and it's just we've cut out edits of this because I was trying to say it for like fucking three <laughs> or four minutes right yeah. and it's hard to just say right and he's just kind of got it in the cadence and got it out. and this lyric it's a throwaway line that fucking hardly anyone remembers but this album is just absolutely dense with them whenever this came out so this I'm just trying to remember when it was let's say summer 93 probably were you on it straight away no, I, I 1994 I got basically. Okay. Funnily enough, what it was 1994, uh, our friend Robin Bashuri yep. uh, gave me a mixtape that that someone had made for him, and it just ended up in my car, and it had loads of stuff on it that I fucking loved. It had this track on it. It had uh, it had. Funnily enough, it had that Mind of a Razor track on it. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Some James Addiction, which I already well and truly knew. Some yeah. Operation Ivy, which oh, I fucking. Climbing. You know, uh, yeah, some loads and loads of fucking great stuff. I mean, that it. sounds like a, a skate uh, video soundtrack. Right it, yeah. it was, it was a fucking skaters thing. Right. But you know, again, that was the thing. Souls of Mischief were, very, you know, again, I heard Souls of Mischief on skate videos as well. They were very much See. embraced by that kind of part of that community. Um, but yeah, for me, this album is. I'm never far away from this album. Is that right? I was yeah, going to say, did you listen to it again in full to make your choice on this list? I mean, or were you I, like, nah, I know. I this. mean, I didn't didn't need didn't to. Need but, to yeah. I mean, I but I listened, but I did listen to it. I mean, mate, this this thing, I've, mm. I've I've listened to all of these albums and all of the ones that were going to be on the album far more than you know they've just been on right yeah you know, okay I've been I've been killing these records and I've Love been it. I've been genuinely agonising over this brilliant. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. This, this record for me, it's, it's just got everything. It's um, it. Well, I, I, no, I, like it makes sense from what you said. It does have all the stuff that you jet love most about yeah. a lot of hip hop, and it's all in one place. And I, I recommend anyone that's got an, you know that's got an interest in kind of old school hip hop that maybe uh, maybe you you know if you if you haven't kind of dug in and listened to this album in full, yeah. just go in and check it out, man. You, you'll find you know you'll find some really cool like album cuts in there. Like a name I call myself is a fucking brilliant track. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Limitations, which has got Dell on it. MC should learn the limitations. Mm-hmm. What a track that is. Nice. Just a, tr- a track of M- of Dell just being like, yeah, you lot are all shit. <laughs> I'm fucking great. He did love to do that. I love everything about Souls of Mischief. Their second record um, uh, was pretty decent as well. I like everything they've done with Hyro. But again, this is a very lightning in the bottle record. It's it's right. just fucking brilliant and it's a classic uh, and it's underrated and I want everyone to listen to it. Very cool. All right, so that's your number one. That is our, well, it's turned out to be like a top eight uh, with a, bit, a couple of uh, crossover bits. But that is, you know, what we were listening to and what we love from... 
1993. And we will be back. We're going to talk about... Uh, so I appreciate that this might not be that interesting if you're not uh, well, a fan it. of hip-hop. Yeah. But uh, we're going to be back with uh, our... We're going to be back with our, our top tens of everything else non-hip-hop related. Uh, we will... Yeah, we're going to have to take these tracks out. And then I guess, yeah. I guess what we'll do at the end is after we've done our top ten, we'll maybe go... Where would these tracks have oh, been? In indeed, there? maybe so. Maybe we'll so. try and do that. Yeah, just uh, for an added added level of fucking nerddom. Oh yeah, well that is exactly what this is all about. And um, what we should say then is, if you have listened to this uh, and you're looking forward to our kind of roundup of the other stuff, do send us or put on Twitter or whatever. Send us your top fives or top tens from 1993. Please do because we're very interested to see what everyone else was into. Um, and how it compares to what we're going to end up with. So we'd love to hear from everyone. Um, either send it to our pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com yep. email address or just stick it on our Twitter or on our Facebook or just tag us, whatever, and let us know. Lovely. And also, yeah, let us know if it's it's that time of the year when the uh, the Spotify uh, end-of-year wrap-ups are coming up. If we end up on yours, let oh. us know, man. A couple of people have already, yeah. man. And we, uh, really it, it, it gives us massive erections. So <laughs> okay, thank you for listening. And yeah, we'll see you next time. See you next time, motherfuckers. Bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is pclpodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com.